guys. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Maya Russell, and I'm with Orlando Brewing Company. We will be the featured brewery for the MTE Pint Night coming up on January 11th from 8 to 10 p.m. Orlando Brewing is Central Florida's oldest brewery, as well as one of six organic breweries in the entire country. We take a lot of pride in making beer with the best quality ingredients that you can find in North America. We'll be featuring three of our beers at the MTE Pint Night. We'll have our Blonde Ale, which is going to be a very light, approachable beer. We're going to have our Pale Ale. It's a nice, balanced Pale Ale. And my and my flagship beer, the I4 IPA. You're going to find Cascade Hops in there, which gives it a nice, interesting flavor. I look forward to seeing you all there. Yeehaw! What? I think that's the way they do it, right? <laughs> Hey, this is Marty, Total Auto Solutions. It was a lot of fun doing a pints and polishing podcast down in Fort Worth, Texas, right down in the middle of the stockyards. We uh, met uh, Desert Detail over at Risky's Steakhouse, and I mean, I'm talking, it's right in the heart of cattle country. You got a lot of saloons, you got a, like a brick walkway where apparently they run steers up and down on a regular basis, I think every morning. Um, I haven't been here in, jeez, probably 15 plus years, maybe even more than that. Um, this is such a, a historic, really cool place. Highly recommend if you're anywhere around in Texas, come take a trip down to the Fort Worth Stockyards. Really fun, big cowboy country. Had a really, really amazing meal that was just brisket chunks that they deep fried. So then imagine the moments when you get that like fat part of the brisket intermixed with the fried, like, and it, they use the same batter that you would do with uh, fried okra. So, oh, so amazing. We had the Rar and Sons uh, Blonde, um, easily drinkable, um, decent beer, uh, but met Brian with Desert Detail. Really great episode, guys. I hope you enjoy. Um, definitely hit up Brian. Uh, they are a detailing company that is also branded out into having a product line. So, of course, that holds a lot of uh, dear endearment to me, being a detailer, also transitioning into a product company. So, a really great talk with him, guys. I hope you enjoy. And please definitely hit subscribe and share the podcast as much as you can. We love you guys and thank you everything for all that you guys do. Don't forget Mobile Tech Expo coming up. And we are doing our second pint night. Come get free beer. Hang out with other detailers if you're going to be at Mobile Tech. Uh, it is going to be Friday night, 8 o'clock. Whoa. Hey, it wasn't me, I promise. I promise it wasn't me. <laughs> um, but come drink beer with other detailers and get registered and come have pint night with us at Mobile Tech Expo. All right. Enjoy the podcast, guys. And make it a great night. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. We're here in Fort Worth, Texas, home of uh, Steers and Queers, and we don't look here, like a so. steer, so <laughs> wasn't that a great line? You know the movie? Only Steers and Queers come from Texas. There you go. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right, tell us who you guys are. Uh, Brian with Desert Detail. Um, this is Jared. Nice to meet you with uh, my trusty road dog right now no we are in ricky's barbecue yep down in the historic stockyard district and i am chewing on some of the most amazing brisket it's like fried brisket it, like where else would you find fried brisket texas like it's like okra but yeah. brisket. <laughs> very well done and we are both sipping on uh rar and sons cheers man Rar and Sons Blonde. And what you got over there? It's a little well whiskey and Sprite. A little well whiskey and Sprite? It's okay. We'll, we'll let you stay. He's a, he's a fancy. <laughs> he's, a, he's a high you class fancy. You know, it is pints and polishing yeah. podcast, right? I can get it in a pint. <laughs> I can get it in a pint. I'm not worried about that. You get the whiskey in a pint? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Probably. it. I like it. All right. So, Brian, tell us. Um, give us a little bit of information, who you are. Tell us about your business. Give us all the background story, all that good stuff. Uh, basically grew up in Michigan and ended up in Florida working for bars, running bars. Moved to Phoenix to run a bar. Grew up in Michigan when? Like, what? When, you, when were you born? How old are you? 87, 31. Nice. So, grew up in 87. Holy, my, oh my word. 
That is hilarious. So, in ninth, was it 87 or 88? I think it was 87. So, I grew up a big Notre Dame fan. 87 is when we lost to Michigan from, uh, uh, what, what was the what was the guy that uh, won the Heisman? They always did that. Uh, Which one? Uh, Desmond Howard. Desmond Howard. Yeah. I think Desmond Howard ran back and oh, yeah, punt. He, he did the Heisman pose. And he did the Heisman yeah. pose and beat us. 88, Notre Dame won. They went undefeated and won yeah. the championship. I still have that shirt um, because it was just there was a massive thing. Yeah. It's funny we talked about branding earlier. Like even colleges and universities, like everything's built on brands. Like oh, you support a brand, and that I, oh, I've always fans, so. yeah. The you should be a Michigan actually, fan. Yeah, the shoes I wore for the last two days are Michigan Nike. That's funny. <laughs> I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Sorry. I know, right? <laughs> what are you talking about? We're Ohio number State three. Fan. We're twelve and zero right now. We're an Ohio State fan. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Never at least been it's, a, at least it's a, uh, a great thing that everyone hates Ohio State. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so grew up in Michigan. Where in Florida did you go? Uh, West Palm Beach in Miami. Oh, geez, rough, huh? Yeah, it was a little different growing up in farm country. Farm country? West Palm in, Beach is farm in, country? No, I was in northern Michigan, so I grew up in farm country. Yeah. Oh, and okay. I to Miami. To, yeah. So it was like, oh, everything I've ever seen on TV is actually real. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. So I went to West Palm Beach my first time. Was it last year or two years ago for uh, Detail Fest? I think it was two years ago. For the Technology Fest? No, Detail Fest. Oh. Uh, it's ho- uh, hosted by um, AutoGeek. Oh, yeah. It's I their, know, yeah. It's their that, like, and it's supposed to be a big, like, and it was, there was like 10 booths. Like, there was nobody there. Okay. there but West Palm Beach was amazing. Yeah. Like, so you probably went gorgeous. down to City Place for all the shops and bars and somewhere? Probably, I'm out. Uh, the improv yeah. that's there, that's where I worked for three years there, and then I went in uh, Fort Lauderdale and then one in Miami, and then I worked at the one in Louisville, Kentucky for a couple months, huh. and then we opened up Stand Up Live in Phoenix. That's how I ended up in Phoenix. And so that's that was the move to Phoenix. How yeah. long ago was that? Uh, seven years ago. Well, then basically the owner that I worked with in Miami, in Florida, uh, started, uh, he brought in another partner, Five, that partner came in and kind of just cleaned out all the staff and brought his own people in. Brought his own people in. So then I just kind of bounced around, ran a couple bars, bar manager um, at the W in Scottsdale. So then what got you into detail? Grew up in Michigan, I've always. Whoa, what'd you say? Last call for alcohol. So can we order more than one? Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, so yeah, I'll do another one of these. Yeah, I'll do one more too. No, I actually ate, so if he wants to get food... I was looking, but, man, these are delicious. Okay, is, is that good for you, Ben? I don't know, is it last call for food, too? Um, Like in 10 minutes, something like that. Yeah, this is good for me. Okay, if you want anything, just let me know, and I'll I will. Thank, Thank you so you much. Um, wow. No, I grew up in Michigan, so, like, my mom worked for Fisher Body um, back in the day, for GM, people mm-hmm. in the family worked for GM, so cars have always been in my life. I mean, my mom, growing up, always had a Firebird or something, so... Just Firebird, my dad had Thunderbirds. Do you remember those big old my huge boats? Collects, big long boats. Uh, rancheros. For whatever reason. Uh, Caminos, the rancheros, oh, the big ones. That's awesome. But uh, so cars have always been my life. Um, I always, you know, watched all the friends' families' cars and then even bartending moving around the country, I've always detailed a friend's car or something here or there, my own stuff. Before I was a detailer and I used to detail my vehicle every week. Now I'm not. Right? Uh, Isn't that funny? Yeah. So, so sort of the reason why I got into it is because a buddy, I was just sitting down at dinner like this, complaining about life. You know, I'm, it's 2002. I would have been like, I don't know, 23. Miserable, hated my job, like complaining about life. And he just goes, well, why don't you detail cars? I've seen people do it. Yeah, of course. And so literally I just, it was the same thing. It was like, you know what? I liked, I didn't say detailing, but I was like, I didn't know that word. I just said, I like cleaning my car. I had a... Well, uh, there's no such thing that I don't think is a detailer where I'm at. It's just guys that wash cars. So... Was that a was that a jab? No, it's just where I'm <laughs> at. Is that like, a shots fired? No, where I'm at, it's just... <laughs> like, my mom always asks, why don't you come home and do what you do? And I'm like, because you have a guy who can clean the whole vehicle for $40. Inside, oh, outside. Like, you have Not a there car. in Phoenix. You mean in Michigan? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so, okay. Oh, trust me, there's plenty of... Uh, I was going to say, yeah. There's, there's plenty of there's people in Phoenix. There's plenty of really good detailers in... Oh, in that area. And, yeah, definitely. Mm. But it's also over- Every sat- once in a while. But it's also super oversaturated right. because it's super warm. So you have the guys that come in and they make a bunch of money and then they bail. I think there's 
last I checked, there's like 500 and some registered detail businesses in the city of Phoenix. What? So 500 detailers, detailers so in Phoenix? Imagine the amount of people that aren't registered right. or have businesses. Wow. Well, it never gets, we don't have weather. Right. People ask all the time, why haven't you moved to Texas yet? Because our product's here. I do have a lot of friends here, and we could make a ton of money here, but I can't. Being fully mobile, I can't do the whole three weeks of not doing it because it's raining. Bro, yeah. I mean, we have I'll deal with 120 degrees during the summer for three months. At least I can still do so. I mean, there's there's definitely times that, I you know, I, I remember not getting to detail till like 2 in the afternoon by the time it got enough to be like 34, 35 degrees where I know I could go out and wash a car without it freezing while I'm spraying it and you could only do two or three like you know mini detail type stuff yeah. two or three of them well, you may also before it's 5 o'clock well no I'm just talking winter yes but it's that's worse like yeah and you the, can't wash a vehicle at night because you can't dry it or is it Phoenix I can detail 20% yeah I just mean the cold. Oh, like, yeah. it's brutal. No, like, like that's, you can't do it. In Michigan, like, that's all my friends that are, you know, up north or whatever, they have winter jobs. Right. You know what I mean, they detail all summer. Yeah, they make I mean, great you're going to have to. Yeah. It's their career. It's their business. But during the winter, they, they still might do some interior stuff here and there or whatever inside or, like, maybe, like, coatings. But they're not doing, like, what they're doing in the summer. Yeah, so I could definitely see why it's saturated out there in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah there's no... And there's plenty of people, too. Yeah. Plenty of people. So do you guys have, is it community out there or is it cutthroat and you don't talk to anybody? Okay, so there's those people that are cutthroat and they don't talk to anyone. They tend to be the guys that are causing the problems anyway. Like they're the ones that are really aren't doing it correctly. They're the ones just kind of out there, uh, Lone Ranger in it and, you know, kind of screwing up the market for the rest of us. And then there's a core group of us that like... And it's funny is it's the guys that are more the more high end guys that you would think would be the cutthroat guys. We are talking consistently about our products, uh, what we're using, um, sending work to each other, which is you know a lot of times competition doesn't send work to each other. The way I have a core group of detailers out there that we just send work and you never around work together. Each other. And but yet we all have the clientele that it's the same level, same yeah. high end clientele. Which most of the time you get into that high clientele and it's very that's my neighborhood. Don't touch that neighborhood. Right. So, so how many years now? Professionally, three. Three? As a business. Okay. But I've always what, detailed, so what do you mean by that? Well, I've always detailed on the side for friends, like just cash, being a bar manager. Okay. So, um, okay. Actually starting a business, uh, three. What made you take the jump? Uh, I actually had an opportunity to get a carpet cleaning trailer from a friend, and I started, I got a property management contract cleaning carpet and tile while I was bartending, and then I realized I had a shampooer on that carpet machine. So I could start doing heavier detailing on cars. So I started doing a lot of interior and then just kind of slowly. And then uh, actually probably the best thing that happened was I got fired from my last job because I was taking detailing jobs instead of going to my bar shifts. And, you were uh, calling in too much. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I got laid out and I got let go. And it made me push it. And honestly, that's probably the most broke I've been in my life for about a year. Which is trying to build that and get back to it without trying to jump back into a bar. That's yeah. easy. No, I completely relate. Um, yeah. There was times I would write a check for rent. Fortunately, I had some guys I lived with. They always had my back, right? Um, you know, if I needed dinner, they would, you know, hey, man, let me buy your dinner. Oh, there was a couple times where I didn't leave the house for three days. Not because I couldn't, but because that whatever $40 I had in my pocket. Right. That's or, all you had. Or yeah. for the first year, it was a lot of... Okay, I got to schedule two jobs today because that first job's going to pay for the product to do the second job. Mm-hmm. Because that was back when I was still buying off the shelf, because I didn't know better. You know, even the first year I went to SEMA, I was still buying off the shelf. Yeah. You know, buying, going to O'Reilly, going to whatever, mm -hmm. buying product off the shelf. I switched pretty quick. I, I did a little bit off the shelf. I, I for some reason, I, I was on Amazon too. But when I found uh, pressure equipment sales, Amazon, locally, what's that? Right. You should know, aren't you, there? <laughs> um, well, I just mean like, I mean, we didn't yeah. have them like so back then. Yeah. yeah. No, you had to. I was very fortunate. So I found a detail shop. I got lucky. We have a detailing. Uh, so that's sort of the same way. So I was very fortunate. I was in this bathroom at a church I was going to, okay. and a guy named. Thanks for, huh? So thanks for clarifying that. I was just in right. the bathroom. Yeah, I was in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> you know, I was taking a piss. I was washing my hair. I was literally at the sink. Really, really meaningful shit. So I was thinking, yeah, right. What can I do? And and a and a uh, a guy that I knew that uh, his, I went to high school with his daughter. Her name was Nicole Fine, who actually lives out in Scottsdale. Um, her dad was Mike Fine, who owned a uh, 
um, parking garage and they had a detail shop in the parking garage right next to the airport. So it was called Fine Airport Parking, right? He just says, I just said, hey, Mr. Fine, you don't know me. I went to de- you know, school there. Oh, no, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I, I just started a detailing business. And he said, well, what products are you using? I was like, I'm just buying whatever Buyers, I can find. Whatever was on the shelf. Yeah, and he goes, well, we, we, sit, we bring in uh, Carbrite. It's a national brand. Why don't you come in? You can, just, you can just buy the products from us. Yeah. We'll give them to you at the same cost. And I was like, wait, what? Like, and so, I mean, I, I really lucked out with that meeting. And it's ironic. That's who we distribute for now. Like, but that was the first big brand that I ever started using. And you can immediately tell a difference. Like, immediately oh, yeah. between off-the-shelf and a, a big brand, I mean, professional a line. They're still a dealer brand, but, I mean, they're still... Oh, they're a major dealer brand. It's not just yeah. dealerships. They're, they're major in... Um, uh, auctions, yeah, huge in auctions, oh, yeah. um, in dealerships. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, so that first year, what did it take to really get going? Uh, just pushing myself, and then uh, got lucky. I had some good, uh, good referrals, and then um, really it was just kind of doing like friends and family and friends like referrals here and there. And then uh, I had a friend that built headlights um, for the SEMA World. And he had a truck that was local and was like, hey, we want to detail this before it goes to SEMA. And I was like, absolutely, it's a SEMA truck. You know, it's been in business for a year. Let's do it. And then he was like, well, he's asking if you want to go to oh, SEMA. Wow. And I was like, that was like a giant light bulb in my head. So then, honestly, what I did is basically my friends and stuff told me that there's no way you're going to SEMA. You're not detailing SEMA. It's not going to happen. So I'm very, very big on you tell me I can't do it. I'm going to literally laugh at you. Right. So I honestly went right down the SEMA builds list on Instagram and started messaging people. I had no idea what to charge. I had nothing. I probably undercharged the first year by a lot. But I just literally went down the thing started messaging people. And I uh, ended up doing the Diesel Brothers stuff the first year. Um, stuff, some stuff for Tag Media. Uh, a bunch of stuff for Fusion Bumpers. And what would you say? Like, hey, I'm going to be at SEMA. Can I yeah. detail your truck? Yep. That's why, I, like, people all the time, they're like, how'd you go to SEMA? Like, you had to have known someone. And I just look at people, I'm like, you know what? If you really want something in your life, just go get it. Because I drove out there. Preach I it. drove out there. I was supposed to stay with someone, and it ended up falling through because um, something he had going on in his life. He was kind of MIA. I ended up sleeping in my truck for five days. Cheers, man. Awesome. And then we went to SEMA. Good for you. Did SEMA, and then after SEMA, everyone was like, well, are you going to LST? And at this time, I had no idea What's what that? LST was. Lone Star Codown. It's what? in Conroe, Texas. Oh, well, that's the big one you were talking about? Yeah, so it's the next big one in the SEMA scene, right? It's the first, it's the first show in the SEMA truck scene after at SEMA. So this starts the next year, SEMA shows. So I was like, well, I have a bunch of friends that live in Houston. So I called my buddy Dallas. And it's in Houston. Yeah, I called my buddy yeah. Dallas. And it's in Conroe, which is like an hour north. I called my buddy Dallas. I mean, hey, I got some people that want me to come out and do trucks. At this time... I was still working out of a Dodge Magnum. I didn't have water. I didn't have power. You know, I was just... I literally just had my... Thank you. I literally just had my... Push the back seat down and stuff everything in there. And uh, my buddy got us hooked up with a friend that lived literally three miles from the convention center in Conroe. She let us stay there. Detail trucks there. Um, uh, how many years ago was this? That was the first year. So that was three. Three years ago? Yeah. So we did... Probably 19 trucks in, oh, wow. at her house. It was like mini SEMA at her house. Thank so, you. of course, have a Reagan night. Thank, thank you. you. So we did. Uh, we did that. Um, and then everyone was like, "Well, you should come to Daytona Truck Meet." And I'm going. Come to what? Daytona Truck Meet. Uh, we didn't do Scrape on the Coast or Orange Beach Invasion that year. Um, I really didn't actually know what they were at that point, but I knew Daytona was the next big one. So we drove all the way to Daytona. We, uh, me and Jordan. And uh, we picked up my buddy Alex. Okay, so so we picked up my buddy Alex. We went out there, and uh, yeah, so Jordan, my fiance, and then uh, Alex drove out there. And again, no power, no water. We were promised she water. She does a lot with you. Yeah, big part of your business. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, there's no way it would be where it is without her. So, um, she uh, we drove out there with promised water and power. So oh. at this time I was doing work for a Dodge dealership and locally. So they let me uh, take a Dodge truck off the lot 
and uh, for 20 bucks a day for rental, so I didn't have to drive my car out there. So we took a job truck, a brand new Ram off the lot, drove out there as promised water and power. Got to about Mobile, Alabama. Oh yeah, no water, no power. So here I am, 30 some hours away from home, trying to scramble and figure out how I'm gonna detail these like 30 trucks I have lined up for a show in a city I don't know. So if it wasn't for Dar, um, he's got the big uh, six-door Galaxy Raptor Maximus. Um, he literally talked the hotel, the Best Western, on the beach into us using water off the building. We were literally washing trucks on the sidewalk. On, wow! How on, did you do on that? On A1A. So How did you, you don't know? It just somehow. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, man, just go." He's like, "Yeah, they said it's cool. Just, as long as I'm staying here, they'll let you wash." So just hook, we hooked up to the building and sat oh, there yeah. right there all day for two days and wash trucks on the sidewalk. Pumped that out, did Daytona, came home, and then obviously that year it was just SEMA again. Um, that was the second year for SEMA. And then uh, now it's you know 60,000 miles on the new truck in the last year. And so that's mostly, so you're mobile in Phoenix, but then a big part of your business model, so to speak, is to go to different shows. Well, the show, so obviously, you know, we talked about how saturated Phoenix is. Um, the shows kind of give us that, you know, when I walk up to a guy at a, at a show and I'm like, hey, look, you know, we, you know, here's my business card, this is what we do. It gives you that. So hold on. Okay, yeah, go ahead. It go gives ahead. you that they can look and go, wow, okay, so they're trusted with SEMA vehicles. You know, oh, okay, he gives mind you that. You, mind you, I was going to say. Mind you, as a detailer, some of us detailers know that SEMA is not, you know, as nice as people right, think it is. But right. to the common, common general public. SEMA is an upper echelon show, yeah. but it gets me also to travel the country. So, like, right now, we're the only detailers that go to every show, as far as in the SEMA scene, so the lifted truck scene. We don't go to, like, a lot of the regular shows, like, we don't go to, like, Texas Heat Wave or, you know, the good guys here and there. We go to, basically, the lifted trucks at SEMA, and we go to those shows. Okay. So we travel with those guys. So, you know, it gives us that... It gives us that. Uh, oh, definitely, it's a credibility deal. Yeah, I totally get like, it. Okay, so I was gonna say, I was gonna say, so I have a, I have a big issue going to car shows because most of them always think that they know what they're doing. Well, that's the thing. So, we, like, and we have, they, they don't. And you, like, you just mentioned, like, when you go to SEMA, we talked about it on the the Uber ride over. Like, yeah. the problems that we have looking at cars at SEMA, like. But you try and ever talk to the people that own the cars that go to any yeah. type of car well, show. Let's be real. The guys at SEMA, most of them aren't even there because they don't even care. That's just okay. I get it. <laughs> but I mean, just even like there's a lot of detailers that want to go market at car shows. So the hard part with going to like a good guys show, or you know, like going to even Bear Jackson, like you're going to shows where it's those cars. When you get into the classic car scene, it's a hard market to get into so because. Hard. 90% of the time, that guy has either owned that car since he's been in high school, or that's his retirement car, mm-hmm. and that generation that now is going to the guy's shows, those are the guys that grew up doing everything for themselves. Right. It's not and the generation we live in. It's by not now. the... Or Turtle Wax. Like, or Turtle Wax. I still have clients. Yeah. I go over to do their classic car, and they hand me the wax they want me to use. Trust me. And I have to educate them. But that's it. you're not going to take that away from a guy who... That's his baby. The generation we live in now, like with the SEMA lifted truck scene, nine of those guys, it's an investment, it's a business. Those trucks are nothing more than to show it off for six months and they sell it and do it again. The guy with the good guy's car, or the Mecham auction cars, whatever, those guys are, that's their baby. And 90% of the time, they don't want you to touch it because that's theirs. Huh. And it's the generation that doesn't want to be told they're wrong. So, right, yeah, <laughs> that's true. So, so we've got a detailer here in Oklahoma, it's actually in Edmond. Um, his name is Franz, um, and he found a niche in the car scene of um, doing not not the not the old style cars. Actually, it's the ones that get modded and like import cars. Import cars, yeah. That's so a he big does scene too. They spend a lot of money. I would love to do that. Yeah. Because there's no suspension. Well, okay, I get it. I'm just saying, like, hours, I'm like, those guys spend money. Right? Like, oh, if they're yeah. going to spend all the money and do them, like, they want it to look good. And he found a really big niche, and I, sh- I went to, he he installs our coding, so I went out and helped him at a show, and he just walked around and just introduced me to all these people, and he does this car, he does that car. I'm like, how did you get into, like, and why? Like, because most car show guys don't do this. These guys spend money. So we have detailers like that in Phoenix, too. Like, so there's, like, 
since we fell into the lifted truck scene at SEMA, we've always kind of become dubbed with lifted truck detailers. So a lot of the stuff you see on our page, you go through our early pages, mm -hmm. we didn't do cars. All lifted trucks. That's all we did. Because that was just kind of what we were dubbed. Now, you kind of get into a scene. She's going to kick us out. So you kind of get into a scene. So, like, you know, does Franz have, like, a modded car? Or he just kind of fell into it? Um, no, yeah. So he's, yeah. No, he, that's his... That's I think it's a BMW. Yeah, so that's why he fell into that. Because he also, that's the life he lives. Too. That's the life. He's a, So yeah. we have those kind of guys in Phoenix, too, where, like, they drive modded cars. And they kind of fall into the little clubs. Mm -hmm. And then they start, they branch out. And you don't get into those unless you have a modded car. Like, right. Those, that's kind of how the lifted truck thing is. That's kind of why our truck is the way it is. One, it's kind of just gives the brands that help us out a lot their recommend, their recognition and it also gives us our own little truck to go to shows with. Nice. Hey, so what do you think of the beer? It's delicious. Right? I mean, it's super smooth. For a blonde, I mean, blonde should be, right? Yeah. Blonde should be easy mm -hmm. um, to drink. Right. Right? <laughs> mm. Drink. Right. Um, there's, But there, it's kind of missing a little bit of flavor though, right? I mean, it's it almost reminds me of like a really light, like uh, like I was into smooth flows for a while. So like your uh, British beers, like Techley's and Wexford and like your cream ales. I've never had those, huh? So this has like that same consistency as far as the flavor profile, but it doesn't have the thickness. So think Murphy's and Guinness, but think like clear and creamy. Huh. So those are like your British, uh, British Scottish beers. Like okay. They're called smooth, uh, smooth flows. Like Tetley's, Wexford. This is definitely like I mean, you could you could like this. You is could a, drink a case of this. It's, no it's almost right. So I would almost I mean, compare it to like a college beer, like that you would just crush when you're in college. I mean, it has this. It's actually yeah. It's actually smoother to drink than drinking like Coors Light. Right, because it's almost like it's watered down a little yeah. bit, right? Like, there's not very much flavor. <laughs> so it's beer. It has alcohol in it. It doesn't jump. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bartender in me. Whatever. That's the bartender in you. Yeah. Um, all right. So quickly before we get kicked out, because I guess you're going to close at 10. Um, I think we wanted to talk a little bit about, so you guys came up with your your own brand of not only you, which is super impressive for three years, um, because we'll get DMs from detailers, uh, you know, how do you start a brand or how did you do this or how, you know, or I've heard, which is very interesting, I've heard um, people talk, you know, big brand companies almost upset and angry that a detailer could, why would a detailer ever have their own brand? That's not like, almost kind of like, like dogging that concept. Well, the problem with so that is... So why did you want to create your own brand? So with us going to all the shows, um, obviously I used a lot of brands. Like, you know, our spray detail spray that we used at every show was Nano Skin's Quick Shine. It's a great product, right? And I had thought about rebranding it. Um, but it never really occurred to me to put my to rebrand something until we were at a show. We're actually, we were at SEMA. Second year at SEMA, we were doing uh, Josh Beecham's um, Lady Luck Excursion, the big black excursion. And that's when I was really pushing uh, John's Mega Shine. And uh, kind of was like that's guy you talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, he actually uh, making our product now. Mm. But uh, I'm sorry. Anytime you get this bite and it's got that fat in it, oh, it's super wrong, right? It's fried. You're eating fried that's a fat. That's not bad. Fried fat. That's amazing. <laughs> that's why I like ribeyes. You can cut the fat off a of ribeye, and I'm gonna eat it. Yeah, I love it. It's okay. flavorous. Go ahead. Sorry. So basically, we were talking with Josh, and Josh just kind of looked at me and he was like. You know, you've sent me product before. You, I know you're sending other people products. Why don't you put your own name on a bottle? And it was like a giant light bulb because at that time I was going to shows. Guys were asking me, well, what are you using on this? What are you using on that? And I was driving to the detail shop, buying the product, and I'm shipping it across the country. So yeah. now here I am building someone else's brand. Driving, doing my time to go buy this product. Then I'm going to ship it. And I'm just shipping someone else's name across the country. Not making a dime, right? So I was joking with John and I was talking about rebranding your product and at that time, you know, it was going to be the nanoskin, but they wanted, you had to buy six barrels and it had to be, um, you know, obviously you change the color, change the smell, et cetera, et cetera. 
but I didn't have eight anywhere to put six barrels. Two, I didn't want to right. invest myself in something. Plus, that's a lot of investment. Yeah, I don't want to invest in something. If it doesn't take off, then I'm toast. So, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, and I was joking about doing it like six months or whatever, and John just kind of out of nowhere, hey, man, the next morning, yeah, so I made you like three different formulas. I'm going to send them to you. You should try them. But exactly what I wanted. So I was explaining to him, and I was like, you know, that this was back when the, the you know the ceramic maintenance products really hadn't taken off. They weren't really a big deal. Now that's now it's growing. Now it's a market. Yeah, obviously. it's a market. You know, at that time it was just C courses. It was um, reload. Reload. It was reload. That's it was the hy- only thing that was. It was out reload. There. And it was hydro hydro two foam. Their foam. Their silica based right. foam. So I was like, okay. So I want something like it easy to use, like it's quick detail spray. But has the gloss and the hydrophobic properties of ceramic. So obviously the guy who a some people don't have fifteen hundred dollars to own a ceramic, and I get it. Two, some people don't want to go do a two-step sealant or have the time. And three, I wanted something in ten minutes on Friday night. If that guy wants to go out, hit his BMW up to go pick up that new date that wants that super awesome shine and hydrophobicness. He's got forty-five days of ceramic. Yeah. Obviously no protection as far as the glass part of it, but. And realistically, people look at ceramic as they make $1,500 up front, but they forget that it's the little jobs that are the ones making you money. Because I can sell hand over fist $20. I can sell hand over fist $20 bottles of ceramic detail spray, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to sell $1,500 coatings. Definitely. Too many people are worried about making that So this is what we talked about a little bit earlier on the way over. Like, people buy into so much of big brand, brand. which it was just like, completely understand, right? Um... Well, if you're, if you're coming and up and you need that push, it helps. I get it. It helps. It helps. I get it, too. Like, um, But so one of the things that, that we've really talked a lot about lately is, okay, if you're a detailer, and I think maybe this just comes from me being Midwest, me being kind of like just, you know, I'm the guy that's got my freezing hand dipping down into a soap bucket. Like, if I'm that guy back in 2002, 2003... I'm not going to have some other company tell me what I can and cannot do, right? I'm the one that's got the blistering knuckles because they're frozen. So I find that very hard. Like when people reach out to us and go, what do we have to sell? I'm like, bro, sell it whatever you want. You don't have map pricing. Yeah, there's no map pricing. Like whatever works for your industry, whatever works for your area, you should sell it at. And so when businesses tell other businesses you have to do it a certain way, so I get DMs all the time. What do you sell ceramic for? And they could be in Ohio, they could be in South Florida, they could be in Wyoming. And I just tell them, I'm like, listen, the market is completely different where you're at. I sell my prices are where they're at because that's the market we're in. And I don't, a, I don't want to be greedy. Two, I don't want to undercut people. So I have to stay in a relative market. So like, you know, a $1,200 coating where I'm at might be a $450 coating in middle of Wyoming because yeah. a, a full detail in Wyoming might be 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Where I'm at, you've got to be in the 200 Look at people that do Y-Wax for 300 bucks. And they'll tell me they get 300 bucks all day long doing Y-Wax. I'm like, bro, around here it's like 100 to 150. Like, good Wait, for you. That's including the polishing and everything? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, yeah, like, no. they'll send me DMs. Like, market, yeah, I got 300 bucks for that. They like, wow. so, like, you know, you get on these, these and, and I think Facebook detail forums are killing the detailing world right now, honestly. I hate to say it that. That's an interesting concept. You get on the like, and I don't want to put brand names out there, but you get on the Auto Geek 101, and you've got some guy in Miami, oh uh, yeah, I charge $3,000 for Ceramic Pro Gold Package. And then you got the guy who's in the middle of Mississippi, and he feels like he's inadequate because he can't get $700 for the same package. But you got to look at where that guy in Miami probably has a $7,000 a month shop, he's got employees, Miami's expensive. Yeah. And where that guy lives in Mississippi is probably four hundred dollar a month shop. You relative, you gotta look at relative of what the price is. So that three thousand dollar coating, after his job, after his employees, after all his costs, he's probably making the same percentage that that guy in Mississippi making. But it looks like I feel like the guy. I, just, I don't know. I just feel like the detailing pages are really throwing the guy who's just starting right now. They jump onto these pages. And they look at all these guys that are making $5,000 details, $6,000 details, mm-hmm. and they feel like they're never going to make it because they can't get that money where they're at. The idea is, at the end of the day, you take your overhead, you take your costs, you take what you have to make, and be happy. And make what you think you need to make. 
the guy in Miami making $3,000 probably has $2,000 just in overhead on that coating before he even sells the coating. Yeah, we tell people to, um, we tell people to, uh, you know, figure out what you want to do per hour. Thank yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll get out of here. Uh, no, but that's a good, that's a good is, one too. Is is just find say, hey, that you want to make. Yeah, find what do you want to make per hour. Subtract your cost. Like, if you're using like this one, what's your, like, so do you want to make, if you're doing a coding, you want to make 50 bucks an hour, would that, would that be good for your bottom line? Or would 100 bucks? Yeah. Would 200, like, figure out what some you want to make per hour overhead. and then just do it that some way. Some people have child support, some people have a bigger house payment, some yeah. people have a $1,000 truck payment. Yeah. Do you the, what's the, right for your business. And that's why I tell people pricing on everything. I'm like, don't get greedy. Don't burn yourself by being greedy. But don't shoot yourself in the foot either. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, just because that guy in Miami is making $3,000 on that coating, you might not ever make that on that coating. Yeah. So, here's a question I want to ask. So, you mentioned you slept in your truck. You mentioned a lot of the hard times. Like, what's some of the harder, if you can remember, like, trying to, to grind and build. Having to cancel get, a job because I didn't have enough money to buy product for the job. Was that the hardest time? When I had to literally cancel a job because I didn't have the product and I couldn't actually physically go buy it. So what did you do? I mean, how, like, technically you'd be out of business. So I mean, how did you get the next job? How'd you get the product? Uh, get, like, so if it was a job where like I needed like an, uh, like an interior shampoo and I didn't have the stuff to do the product, I just didn't, I would, would go do a couple washes and try to make up and then call that person back. And they call that person back. So. So. But once I found a detail shop and, you know, it got to the point where, you know, I'm buying things five gallons at a time and their price points are way different. You know, buying off the shelf at $12 a 32-ounce spray bottle of, like, McGuire's interior detailer, like, that doesn't go very far at the end of the day. Yeah. So. so you got to start somewhere, but. Right. you got to start somewhere. So if, if. Think of where you're at now, right? You've, you've gone through quite a bit. You're, you're starting to really kind of blossom as a company, as a business. You've got your own brand. Uh, you're staying busy. Um, in other states, too. So, like, right now, we're right, like you're nine that, days booked right, out yeah. So, Texas. that's what I'm saying. So, you're really starting to grow. Yeah. So, thinking back, right? So, if you got somebody that's listening that is going, man, I, I really want to I really want to get out there. I really want to, but, I, you know, it's just tough, like, what type of encouragement could you give to those guys that like, social media reach out if you say you want to detail like say you live in Oklahoma you really want to you really want to go to Houston and detail for whatever reason that's where you want to go jump on some pages with some like car shops and diesel shops like right now we do a lot of stuff for PSP so don't jump diesel. on pages with other detailers no, 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 you go direct no, to No, but that's right. Yeah, like, so direct. many detailers just mess around with their details. Yeah, you're... The you need, like, the they need to actually do some sales. All these detailers are worried customer about... customer prospects. Talking to other detailers when... Go direct to the market. Go direct to where you want to do. So you want to go to Houston? Okay, so start hitting up the diesel shops. Start hitting up the car shops. And say, hey, listen, um, I'm coming to town for a couple days. Um, we're going to have our detail stuff with us. Um, approach it like you're already going to be there. So they think, okay, you're not just coming down for me. You're well, going to be here. And let's say just eat, they could even take that concept, not necessarily being driving to a different place. They, like, let's say they, they are in Houston. Let's say they live in Houston. Yeah. Like, they should reach out to those places anyway. If you don't go get it, it's never going to come to you. Like, people ask all the time, how do you go, how'd you go to SEMA? I just went. At the end of the day. Like I, like with Daytona, we, so could drive, somebody we could drive 41 hours from Day from Phoenix to Daytona, and it could rain, and it could be a wash. But at the end of the day, you still have to go get it. Yeah. The rip. So what type of email, what type of DM should a detailer send to? Because they might be like, well, what do I even say? Hey, um, I noticed you're building. Say it's a hot rod shop. Hey, I noticed you're building a lot of Tri Five cars. Um, you know, that's something. Find a common ground. Like maybe that's something you grew up with your grandpa building. Or, or that's your that's what you love doing. This is my business. Feel free to look through my business page to see the kind of work we're doing. I mean, you don't have to sit up there in bad room. You can just throw a feeler a feeler message out there. Just throw them a DM, throw them a message, an email, and just say, hey, listen, this is what you're doing. I like what you're doing. I think that maybe my services could help you. So your customers, your clientele, after you're done building a car, it can be detailed and polished or even coded before it leaves the building. And then even your returning customers can come back and get a detail when they want. It doesn't have to be a sales pitch. Just put the ball on their court. Mm -hmm. This is what I offer. I see what you have. If you don't already have a detailer lined up, 
or you're looking for detailers, maybe we could, maybe I could be your detailer. I mean, it's you just gotta try. People are. Too, uh, what's the Wayne Gretzky them. quote? You miss 100 percent of the shots you never take. Yeah. If I, I mean, did, you, 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 if I, I think, listened to everyone else at, for the first year at SEMA, and they told me there's no way in hell you're going to SEMA. You're an idiot. You're never gonna go. You don't have water. You don't have power. You're working out of a car. Like, there's no way. And I just went and did it. I didn't, I, I didn't, I was buying towels from the Walgreens on the road because I didn't know where else to buy towels in Vegas. Now, at this point, I'd buy spot-free water out of the building in Vegas. I've got it down, but... It, it's a process. Yeah, but if you don't And if you don't ever it. start with the sales part, I think a lot of... It doesn't of even have to be a sale. Like, well, but you I do. I hate the word sales. Like it's, well, I get it because we think of when, when I hear sales, you which is... a salesman. It's just... Right, yeah, a salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm a salesman, right? Yeah. If I'm going to have a chemical brand, if I'm going to have a company, nature, I am a salesman. You have to sell, yeah. so you're a salesman. Even as a detailer, you're selling yourself. I get it. That's the point. Like Most of the time, we don't like to associate sales because we think of it as, I've got to tell you what to do and make you buy something that you don't really want to buy. And we think of like that sleazy used car salesman, right? Yeah. But, I mean, word of mouth is big in this business, but too many detailers well, what are I was gonna say is, worried about word of mouth. I was going to say is, if you really think your service is valuable, if you think that you are good, if you think that you do a good job, yeah. then do you think that somebody else would want to use you? Yeah. The answer should be yes. So how else would that person find you if you don't try and educate and teach them why they should use you? Yeah. Well, I'll give you a quote that I live by. Someone told me it once. At the end of the day, you always want to invest in things you trust. So why not invest in yourself? It's the Good only point. person you're going to have until the end of your life. Invest in the one thing that's going to be there forever. It's you. So invest in yourself. Go out there. Knock on doors. Walk into shops. Like when we were started to do McLaren. That was all by being in the right spot at the right time. I like to go into like Penske and McLaren and these places. I like to look at cars. A, I like to see like how bad the high-end car jobs are, but it's kind of my own, kind of my own thing. But uh, and also kind of set goals. You know, I might not ever want to buy one of those cars, but I want to know that one day that I'm going to walk in and have enough cash to say if I really wanted to take that car, I could. We walked into McLaren, we're looking at cars. Blue 720s was sitting on the um, showroom floor, and the hood looked like it had been washed with a Brillo pad, and it wow. happened to be just under the spotlight. That oh, was on the, the ceiling. Best, right? So we looked at it, looked at it a couple times, walked around, kept talking, and then one of the salesmen caught us looking at it, and then ran immediately over, yeah, we're going to get that fixed, but we just, uh, we don't have an in-house porter anymore, you know, we're, right now we're, we're sending our cars out, it's a three-day turnaround, and that's hard, and I just looked at my shirt, and I went, I own a detailing business, I do SEMA vehicles, um, not that SEMA vehicles are anything to be, to hold over anyone's head, but that gives you that, like, oh, you do SEMA vehicles, at least you're trusted with something, that's right. a little higher, so... And the next day, they uh, called, and they said that Blue 720S is ready if you want to come show us what you got. And that car was completely free. That was my audition. Too many people are worried about they have to make money on every single job. Sometimes... Good point. you got to eat. Good point. You get, sometimes you got to eat one to get your foot in the door. Yep. Very and good point. then we've been doing the McLaren. So yeah. it's like... That had nothing to do with me going to McLaren and marketing myself. Had nothing, that was me being in the right place at the right yeah. time. You just got to... Very good point. Go put yourself there yeah and I think I mean we live in a world now that everyone thinks everyone's going to be handed to them okay valid very valid like if you build it they will come right very yeah. valid um, I was going to say we live in a world now that there's never been a better chance to grow a business oh, I'm just telling you like 2002 you know how I grew I had to go knock on doors. I had flyers, and I had to no, go put them in cars. I had like, to go meet people in parking lots. Pre yeah, pre-internet, pre-Facebook. Yeah. Like it wasn't pre-internet, so to speak, because no, I had a website. But it's pre-social media. I don't count MySpace. Like, MySpace is weird. <laughs> so, well, MySpace hadn't even come out yet. Oh yeah, it was 2002. So yeah. I was still in high school. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I had to cold call random businesses, yeah. hard sell. The, the, the ability now for a detailer to market himself with social media and just the way the internet's changed is phenomenal. And so, granted, you might be good at your craft, but you're going to have to learn to be good at marketing and sales and using the platforms that we have today because you've never had that opportunity before. Well, the thing is, Facebook and, and, social, and Instagram, I mean, Instagram alone is how I've, I've gotten to travel across the country. Yeah, yeah. Someone, so-and-so's friend follows so-and-so, and they yeah. tag me into this post that we detail their truck at Daytona or whatever. Next thing you know, I'm getting asked, hey, can you, if, if, I pay, if we get you nine or ten trucks, can you come to Denver? 
Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't have kids. That it's helps. just the two of us. That helps. It's easy. That definitely helps. Obviously, if we have a kid, that life stops. Yeah. It's shop time or just well, work locally more. It does stop. I mean, it slows. Per year. It's yeah. going to stop. At least. I wouldn't say a year. I'd, I mean, so, so when I started the chemical side, I was also detailing to be able to support you were, the family. But you didn't have something growing inside you that can't breathe in chemicals. No, 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 no. What I was going to say is, is it, I was going to, I was going to, to throw back against the one-year deal. Mm. They start getting four, five, six. Oh yeah. You obviously. know how many soccer games I missed because at Saturday mornings I had to go clean cars. Yeah. Because the customer wanted them cleaned on Saturday mornings. Yeah, well, you also got to pay the bills at home too. But you also got to pay the bills at home. So I was just going to say, no, it doesn't stop. Like, you just got to figure, refigure yeah. it out. So, well, anyway, but now with the product line, that could be the the where the there would be a out. second way There's of someone supplemental income. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's where the product line right now for us is. It's not so we get asked all the time. So when you go out of town, you don't have someone here detailing. No, why not? You should have ten trucks on the road. You should be doing mobile this and uh, over expansions. My thought process with this is I can narrow down to strictly specialty because like right now we're basically just doing corrections and coatings. I can start narrowing down specifically what I'm doing. Maybe find a collection, which hopefully this week. You batch hands. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I got a big deal with a collection this week. So nice. Uh, well, next week when we get back, but narrow it down, find a collection, and then just sell product, <laughs> and then just sell product. You know that way. Plus, in the semen world, even in the high-end car world, mm-hmm. even if I had an employee out there and he destroys a Civic for someone. I lose the above. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's not my work. I agree. Plus, the way I look at it is, with the clients that we deal with, with, like, it being me, the two of us, uh, you know, it's... I keep trying to grab this like I've got a beer. You're the only one that has a beer. All right, so we got to rate them. We always rate beers in the podcast. All right, so this is Raw and Sons Blonde Ale, one to five. And it's not... On drinkability, or...? Yes, on drinkability, like, one to five, like... You love it. You would go grab it at the grocery store right now. Um, or I mean, it's a super easy beer to drink. I mean, it doesn't. It's it's a good beer to drink if you want to sit there and drink multiple beers. Flavor profile, and you want to have two or three beers after dinner sitting on, right? the, on the patio. The whole patio beer, perfect. Well, I'm, I'm talking like if you're at home and you just want to have like a good heavy flavored beer. Uh, okay. I wouldn't call it. So that. it's different. So everybody's different. So you rate it one to five. What do you got? I got a five on drinkability. Maybe like a. No, it's just one to five. Like, if oh, you're going to give it a five, or what are you going to like? It's overall. <laughs> bartender. <laughs> yeah, that's a bartender. <laughs> uh, I'd probably give it like a three. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say a three because of the same, like, yeah. it's crushing. Don't get me wrong, I can sit here and drink them all night. Yeah, I could drink them all night, it's but it's just it's lacking. It's something I'm going to, honestly. It's lacking some flavor. Honestly, it's probably a beer I probably won't remember tomorrow to go buy the name of it. Yeah. Like, if I saw the Good store, point. I'd probably still buy Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell DJ that you'd buy Coors Light. Oh, man, that's brutal. That's DJ's favorite beer. Well, cheers, man. Thank you guys for coming out. Um, that's your Sprite and rum. No, Sprite and whiskey. whiskey. Definitely. Um, so we always do what's called the tab out question. Pretend like, you know, well, it is closing time. Let's pretend we've already At had like bar. six or seven of these. <laughs> right. We're going to roll on down the stockyards and go to the next one. Um, the tab out question is usually like, hey, you know, you're towards the end of the night, you've been drinking a lot, like, You've been talking to somebody and it's like, hey, what are you doing? And you just ask some random question, right? Or an uncomfortable, like you just, you know. So normally I give the guest the opportunity to do it. I wanted to ask a question because sort of what we talked about earlier, but I respect everything. I think it'd be funny, though. Know, so when, when I met the guys from uh, uh, Detailers of Las Vegas and I said, Hey, so, uh, you know, oh, that's, and I was like, oh, and she goes, yeah, everybody's recognizes my wife. How is it, you know, with, uh, with Jordan, oh, is so that, yeah, is that a thing for you guys? I get like, messages all the time. You get messages all the time. How do, is it do with... Do you even work? Or is it just <laughs> Jordan? And I just go, do you want to see me in yoga pants? Or do you want to see her in yoga pants? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The whole spray in the car, the foam, what yeah. brought that about? Isn't she doing like a back, like, or something like... Uh... MTM Hydro were ambassadors for them, so they do like all the pressure washer fittings and yeah. all the cannons. They were doing a foamiflage, 
So, like, I think it was Fort Worth last year, we did, uh, she laid on a tire, across the tire underneath the lifted truck, and we foamed the truck, and you couldn't see her. <laughs> That's funny. And it brought up, like, a foamouflage challenge, and then our buddy Anthony with the Lambo, she was like, I'm going to do a back button, just foam it. And Anthony actually foamed her, the owner of the car. Oh. He thought the foam cannon was the coolest thing ever. It is, isn't And it? he wanted to best? foam his own vehicles. He foamed, he's foamed his McLaren, he's foamed his Lambo. That would almost be a question. What has transformed the industry more? Foam cannons or ceramic coatings? They're almost simultaneous now. Okay, ceramic coatings for the the professional. Foam cannons for the everyday person. But almost every professional uses a foam cannon there too. Yeah, but what? But I'm just saying, the industry, the as, industry a whole, as a whole, ceramic coatings and foam cannons like. But fa- foam cannons are more widely known. There's yeah. still people that have no idea what ceramic coating is. True. Because some people. True. So you would say foam cannons are coating. more. Impact of into our industry than yeah, ceramic they're cool. Yeah, definitely agree. ceramic coating. Some people definitely think agree. that. All right, they're kicking us out. Tell yeah. us what's your. Tell us, give us your social. How do people find you? Uh, we're Desert Detail. <laughs> we're Desert Detail with a Z, so it's D E Z E R T. Um, we got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we also have a product page. It's DesertDetailProducts.com. Um, follow us on any of them, actually. So. Cool. We also have our own products. So if you guys want to try out the gloss sauce. It's for sale on our product line. Nice. Um, anybody on and the, they find that off your Instagram page or on the website? Um, they can get it on. It's in our bio on the um, Instagram page. It's in our bio. It's a direct link on our Facebook page and a shop on our Facebook page. And cool. then they can go directly to the website. And uh, I'll actually create a code. And anybody that wants to try it, that awesome. listen to this, I'll do a 10% code. So. Cool. Yeah. So just message uh, you, get a 10% off code. No, I'll just do it. Uh, we'll just do a total auto. It'll be 10%. <laughs> It'll be 10%. That way. Don't do total do auto. Pint, do pints polishing or do uh, polishing pocket or pint, like. I'll just do pints 10%. Pints 10%. Yeah. There you go. Pints 10%, uh, 10% off at, say it again, Desert, at, uh, DesertDetailProducts.com. DesertDetailProducts.com. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of thanks also to the restaurant. I know it's late and they've all they've already said, no, we're not kicking you out, but, you know, they're closing down. They're trying to mop up. So. Um, She's actually staring at us awkwardly. (laughs) (laughs) But a great place if you want to come get a Rar and Sons, and they had some other Texas beers. I mean, those those brisket little bites were amazing, especially when you got the fat in the mix. Like, oh, it was great. Um, So Ricky's is where we're at. Uh, If you guys are ever down. Risky's Barbecue. Risky's Barbecue. I said it wrong. Um, so if you guys are ever down in the stockyards or ever over in the Dallas area, run to Fort Worth and come stop by here. Great beers, really cool. Uh, I mean, this is definitely like a Texas barbecue place, the way it looks, the way it's laid out. Um, had a great time, guys. Thank you so much for meeting us. And um, I'm Marty. This is Total Auto Solutions. You can find us at Total Auto Solutions. And uh, definitely, if you guys could please subscribe yeah, to the podcast. Their coatings. You need to get <laughs> no, it's not a plug. It's not I'm a plug. plugging it. Uh, I, it's not even my company. I'm polishing. Plugging. We've got a podcast page. Um, also, subscribe to the uh, to the podcast, please, and share. You know, we try and always put out great content um, and drink some beer. We always wanted to help encourage detailers because that's where we're from. We are detailers trying to help the industry. So, anyway. Thanks again, way, guys. That wasn't a plug. That's a detailer that has an honest opinion about a great product. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. You guys have a great night.